Welcome to our podcast, Conversations About Student Mental Health. I'm Chris Leonard, clinical social worker and educator, working with adolescents for over 25 years. The purpose of this podcast is to talk with school administrators, educators, clinicians, and parents to open a dialogue that will help the growing number of students struggling with mental illness. In our last episode, we highlighted the school's role in addressing student mental health issues. In this episode, we'll be discussing the proactive steps schools can take to prevent tragedies, such as shootings and suicide. This can be a sensitive issue, one that we may prefer not to think about. But if you talk with school administrators, you'll find that many will list preventing school tragedies among their top concerns. With the sense of urgency we feel about preventing school tragedies, the temptation has been to harden schools by adding armed guards or even arming teachers. And this thinking has gained increasing traction in the last couple of years. But a recent eight-point document signed onto by over 2,300 experts recommends that making schools softer is more likely to create a safe and secure school environment. Number one on the eight-point list is establishing a positive school environment. What are the best ways to go about this? I'll be speaking today with Robert Ferullo, principal of Weehawken High School in Weehawken, New Jersey. Robert has been in education for 24 years. He spent his first 13 years as teacher of the handicapped at Memorial High School in West New York and Wayne Valley High School before moving into administration. Mr. Ferullo was the supervisor of special education in Weehawken for seven years before becoming vice principal and then principal of Weehawken High School. Robert is passionate about creating a positive school environment and has taken some important steps to achieve this in his school. Robert, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's great having you. So let's jump right in. What would you say are the most important proactive steps school administrators can take to establish a positive school environment? Well, definitely having uh, great communication with your students is important. Uh, establishing respect and uh, forming relationships also is important. Uh, a lot of times uh, when we meet with new teachers, one of the things we discuss is how they're going to build relationships. Because once you build those relationships, you create a level of trust. Uh, once there's trust, you can move forward when situations turn ways where you're uncomfortable or there's genuine concern. Oh, that's great. You know, that, that is so, uh, so the way we think about how we start at our Sage Day schools. We really think that it all begins with the relationship and we want kids to, we want kids to feel a sense of belonging and significance as part of our community. And, of course. And those things create the trust, don't they? Yes, absolutely. Um, we all can, it's, it's a small town. Uh, we have about 15,000 people. The school that I uh, am principal at, we have about maybe 600 in and around. So you want to give them that hands-on feeling. And as the times have changed, one thing I've noticed as an administrator is that these little problems that were, I guess, kind of cast aside or dismissed, are, are bigger problems and those kids need attention. Um, and that's important. Uh, you always have a great need for the emotional well-being of your students. Um, it goes hand in hand with the educational component. If you don't help one, the other struggles either way. And it's important, you know, it's, it's been kind of dismissed for too long. And that's something that 
we find it very important in Weehawken to address that part. It's, it's kind of our role as a school to educate kids as best we can in every way we can. Yeah, that's really a refreshing perspective because sometimes people just assume that, you know, look, we've got so much to do. We've got reading, writing, and arithmetic to do. We've got scores to get. We've got colleges to get into. You want us to deal with emotional issues. But if you don't have the emotional stability in the student, the student is not available for learning, right? That's the truth. That's the truth. And worse, you know, suppose you ignore that emotional piece. Suppose, you know, well, you know, Tommy's got to apply to five different schools and, and you're not realizing that all the pressure of applying to those schools or doing well on that test or passing AP has worn Tommy down in a way where he is miserable. If you don't address that, you know, and I don't have to tell you guys, it, 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 it turns bad real fast. Yeah, definitely. So really kids kind of, you know, schools really kind of need three levels of support. You know, the way we think about it, we think about level one supports being those things we, you provide to everyone. That would be establishing that positive climate and culture. And then level right. two supports are things that you target for, you know, kind of groups like targeted training for staff and making sure that you have, you know, the right people in place. In fact, you know, adequate staffing is, is another item on that call for action to prevent gun violence that I referenced earlier in the intro. Right. Um, and then, you know, educational programs for students and parents on mental health awareness. And then your level three supports would be for dealing with what Tommy's going through, you know, providing that direct service uh, mental health support uh, for right. kids. Couldn't um, agree more. Yeah. So can you can you speak a little bit to how you addressed um, any of those levels? You know, obviously, we already talked about level one, but if you can if you can speak to how you've addressed in your school, bringing in those level two and three supports, that would be awesome. Right. Uh, well, we make sure that our guidance counselors are trained as intervention specialists, you know, something that, you know, they would recognize, uh, you know, that someone who isn't trained to look for would kind of dismiss. Uh, we also talk to our teachers to be aware of things like, Drops in grades, change in appearance, you know, those low-hanging fruit that, that sometimes aren't so low-hanging for people who aren't looking for. And again, that comes with building the relationships. If you don't have the relationship with the kid, you're not going to know there's that change in demeanor or that change in personality. You know, that happy-go-lucky kid that all of a sudden is moody and dark, you know, is missing homework assignments, is late all the time. That's something that is huge because that's, that's, that's your front line. Your teachers aren't noticing that. That's a problem. And we also uh, encourage our students to come forward. And that's another difficult piece, to build the trust with the students where they know enough to trust the teachers, the guidance counselors, or the administrators to say, hey, listen, I see something. I know you. I know you're going to do something about it, and I'm concerned. Let me tell you, in Weehawken, because we're a small community and our teachers are encouraged to not only be teachers, but to be club advisors, to be coaches, to be involved, to show up to events more so than would be in a bigger school, that connection happens a lot. There doesn't go a very long period of time, and I don't know if it's a good or bad thing, where I don't have a teacher coming to me and say, hey, this kid came to me in confidence about an issue that he's concerned with and how many of those would slip through the cracks where you know that kid is not given the attention but because of the relationship between the teacher and the student and the trust that has been created it, it works for us uh so we, we have that 
And I think we have it in ways where it doesn't exist in a lot of schools because we've created a culture of trust or we've tried to create a culture of trust. Many kids will come to me directly or even the vice principal. You know, it's something that didn't happen when I was in school. If something was going on, you didn't go to the vice principal. The vice principal is a disciplinarian. You, you stayed away from them. So now we've created a level of trust and, and, that, and that culture exists where kids know they can count on the teachers to do the right thing. They can count on the administrators, their coaches to do the right thing. And it happens every single time for us. So we've created that. And then you bring in a third component, like your, your service, where, you know, it gets to the point where my counselors are like, listen, this is beyond my pay grade or, or myself as well, where like we could take it so far. Then you need the expert to come in, someone that's really going to lend uh, what that kid needs, that 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 they has that ability to tell them what they need to hear and, and pull out the information they need to kind of help them. And that's well, I think in Weehawk, and we've established that, but we've covered all our grounds. I mean, I feel very good at the end of the day knowing that, you know, if there's a kid who's in crisis, we have the right people in the right places to help. That's great. Um, you know, I love, I love how you framed it in terms of culture of trust. And I love how you've kind of, you know, you've kind of created some uh, divisions of responsibility or some separations of who is responsible for what. You, you, it sounds like you've really worked to increase the capacity of your staff. You've worked to increase the capacity of your teachers. You've worked to increase the capacity of your guidance counselors to make sure that they're able to recognize some of the classic signs that a kid is in trouble. Right. Absolutely. If, if everybody's not buying in, you're just gonna, it's just going to become a weakness. Um, and it really is important. And that's why, to me, it. It's just as important that a custodian will notice something and come to me or a student will come to me and for me to do me to go go that extra yard as well. And if I'm not buying in, how is everybody else going to buy in? So to me, it's definitely something that I preach to my staff and it, and it's, it seems to have affected everybody because it feels that the culture of trust is is definitely developing in the right way. And it's helped a lot of kids. We've had kids that have graduated recently that without the pieces that we have in place, especially at the Sage Drive program, would never, ever have graduated in years past. Never. Yeah. So that that extra le that level one, you know, that level three support, that highest level of support, that sometimes can really be the difference maker. No, it's huge. It's it's been huge for us. Uh, you know, from from a financial aspect, you know, to not be a human uh, first for a second, that kid. If you're lucky, you send them out to an out-of-district placement or somewhere else. Now you're, you're talking about a huge financial commitment to a kid that if you put the services in the right services, you're saving that money and you're keeping that kid at home where they're comfortable and you're continuing to build trust. Like It almost sends a wrong message sometimes. Like, listen, we can't help you. You know, you got to go somewhere else. And I get some kids do need that level of support. But if you don't go through all the steps then the message that you sent is wrong. Um, you know, and there are kids that we have that, you know, we, we don't have enough in place for. And that's unfortunate. But at least those kids know we've tried every single thing along the way. So when the time comes to say, hey, you know, this isn't the right place for you, there's trust. They believe us. They know we've done everything we possibly can to do right by that kid here before we said, you know, it's time to turn over you to more expert, uh, an expert facility. And at the same time, you know, I, 
I'm that type of guy, and I know my staff is to go and check on the kid even when they're not in district. And you say, hey, listen, how's he doing? Just want to see how everything's going. He's right. you need from us. And it just continues to cultivate that level of trust and care. You know, because if you're disingenuous about it, they're going to see right through it. And that's not what we're about. You know, if I have to put a kid and I have to put my signature on something that says a kid can't stay here, I want to make sure that parent knows that it was it was just as difficult for me as them and that I'm still there for them at the end of the day when they're having a rough go or if things aren't going right. I want them to be able to turn to me and say, hey, listen, I'm uncomfortable with something. What can you do? I mean, that's what we're here for. Great. Yeah, that openness is so important. So let's just yeah. let's just circle back to the, the concerns about safety. How would you say bringing in those those level three supports, those experts in mental health who really can go beyond the capacity of, of school staff. Uh, how does that create a difference in creating an overall feeling of safety and, and a sense that we're really, we're catching things early? How does that help? It's, it's definitely helped immensely. Um, you know, again, those, those kids with that need, with that kind of, growing problem they're the most untrustworthy you know they have the biggest issues and the fact that we have that level three capacity there that the trust has been established it's really helped you know those are kids that would normally turn away and turn off to everyone and everything and even though they're still they still have some difficult issues and, and there's still some problems they're so much better um and families are on board once they see the level of concern and care that you've brought in for them. You know, they, they'll, they, they recognize that the district has gone to great lengths to try and assist the family. Um, it, goes, it goes beyond words to say what that does in a, in a community like Weehawken or any other community where, where people know that the school district is a place of trust. It's a place of safety. It's a place, a resource, a valuable resource for the family because, listen, if we're up against the wall with all the assets that we have, I can only imagine what mom and dad are going through, you know, when it's just them at the end of the day, you know, battling to, to help their child. So it, it's, definitely, it's definitely been huge on, on both ends, I think. So, so one of the things I'm hearing is that what this does is it really helps to create this engagement with kids who otherwise would not be engaged. Absolutely. And families 100%. who wouldn't be engaged. They're, they're, they're kind of hunkered down and worried about what could happen, but they're afraid yep. to say anything to anyone. And, and yep. by bringing in these services, what you do is you, you open up this space for people to feel safe and come forward and speak and, and put it into words so that they don't have to put something terrible into action. I agree. 100%. 100%. It's been, it's been, I'm, I'm going to say a life-changing situation for a lot of kids in the school district, a lot. That's fantastic. So um, I'm just wondering at this point, we're almost out of time. I'm just wondering, is there anything that I haven't asked you about or something that we haven't addressed that you think would be important for people to know? You know, a, a lot of people, I would think, who are pressed with this issue, who know the issue is there, um, I think from an administrative aspect, a lot of times people don't want to put out that there are these issues with these kids. You know, uh, sometimes they want to say, oh, everything's great in our school. You know, nothing goes wrong. And this is why you should move to this community and pay this exorbitant amount of money for a house and taxes. And they want to protect their image. And I think a lot of times all it does is sabotage you uh, and show that you're not transparent. 
any school district that thinks that they don't have these real problems, these emotional and mental health issues, is, is lying to their community. Uh, and there's no other way of putting it. And it sends the wrong message. And at the same time, um, if they're not willing to invest in it, again, what message are you sending to your community, to your kids? Well, we're going to help, you know, teach the smart kids or we're going to help the athletes or, you know, we're going to help all these other kids. But if you have a mental health issue, if there's a problem with you emotionally or you're just difficult, you know, well, that's 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 mom and dad's problem. That's somebody else's problem. We don't have those problems. Other schools may have those problems. We don't have those problems. That's just nothing could be more untrue. Any school district that thinks that they don't have those problems is fooling themselves and they need to look a little deeper because it exists everywhere in this country, especially in this day and age. And if they don't put the resources to correcting it, the things you mentioned at the beginning, you know, those school shootings, suicides, it's going to become very real for those places. And it's going to be unfortunate because they could have said, oh, if only we had done this, this tragedy could have been averted. I don't ever, ever in my career ever want to look back and reflect on something like that and say, had I not done this, I could have stopped something like that. Because i got to live with that at the end of the day and so do they. Uh, so if that's something that is in their minds, they really should consider uh, improving their program because nobody wants that. That is a tremendous summation of how important this is. Thank you. Robert, I, I want to thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today. I think no you provided us with a crystal clear picture of how you've translated your vision of promoting school health and safety into extremely effective best practices. Thank you. So that's our podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found today's topic valuable and will join us for future conversations about student mental health. Conversations about student mental health is brought to you by Sage Thrive, partners in school-based mental wellness. You can find the show notes on our website at www.sagethrivetoday.com. You can also suggest topics for upcoming episodes of the podcast. We'd love to know what issues related to student mental health you want to hear more about.